0: Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Monday. It is the 12th of September. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The Republican running for Attorney General of Iowa says she would defend abortion restrictions in court if elected. That's after the Democratic Attorney General has refused to represent the state in two abortion cases. Republican candidate Brenna Byrd says she would have defended a 2018 law that would ban most abortions as early as six weeks into pregnancy.
1: I'm 100% pro life, and it will be my job as Attorney General to defend the law that the legislature would pass.
0: Byrd accuses Attorney General Tom Miller of not doing his job when he refused to defend the fetal heartbeat law and left the case to private attorneys. Miller says it was the ethical thing to do because he didn't feel he could zealously represent the state. I think Roe was, was the right formula to deal with, with abortion in our country. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of women uh, feel incredible threats in terms of their liberty and in terms of their freedom to to take care of their own medical conditions. And and I support them in that. Miller and Byrd made their comments on Iowa Press, which aired this weekend on Iowa PBS. Republican Congresswoman Marionette Miller-Meeks says the November election won't turn on any single issue, but voters will be motivated by values like free enterprise and individual liberty.
1: When you have over 60 percent of people who feel the country is on the wrong track, They don't have faith, and they don't have confidence, and they don't have hope. We need to turn this country around.
0: Miller-Meeks held a campaign fundraiser in Coralville on Saturday. Florida Senator Rick Scott was the keynote speaker. Scott is in charge of fundraising for Republican candidates for the U.S. Senate. But Scott says he was in Iowa to help a House candidate because increasing turnout for Miller-Meeks in Iowa's 1st District will benefit Senator Chuck Grassley. Meanwhile, Christina Bohannon, the Democrat running against Miller-Meeks, says by having Scott speak at the event, Miller-Meeks has aligned herself with Scott's extreme views. Bohannon points to Scott's plan to terminate Social Security and Medicare every five years and require Congress to vote to reauthorize the programs. Iowa's three public universities want more money from the state to cover record inflation and support first-year classes and first-generation students that have shown promise for growth amid overall student enrollment declines. The Des Moines Register reports Iowa State, the University of Iowa, and the University of Northern Iowa together are asking the Iowa Board of Regents for an additional $32 million in appropriations for the next fiscal year. The board will consider the request at its next meetings. Those are this week in Cedar Falls on Wednesday and Thursday. The U.S. Supreme Court is scheduled to hear oral arguments next month in a farm group's case against the state of California over that state's law banning the sale of pork from farms that don't meet its housing standards. IPR's Katie Pikas tells us the farm groups have filed a new brief with the court, claiming the law is unconstitutional.
1: The Supreme Court took up the case after farm groups appealed a lower court's ruling upholding California's Proposition 12. The law establishes housing requirements for breeding pigs, egg-laying hens, and calves raised for veal. The National Pork Producers Council and American Farm Bureau Federation allege Proposition 12 puts costly burdens on the pork industry. Producers would have to make changes that decrease herd size and interfere with their out-of-state contracts to comply. They say California's law is unconstitutional because the state imports almost all of its pork, meaning the law affects commerce outside the state. Oral arguments are scheduled for October 11th.
0: And monarchs are making their way through the Midwest in their annual migration, and that means butterfly tagging events. There's been a significant decline in monarchs and their habitats in the last two decades. The International Union for Conservation of Nature added the butterflies to its list of endangered species earlier this year. Jen Gilbert of Nebraska, Monarchs, says that the decision drew a lot of attention to monarch conservation. People were just really excited to help. They want to
1: help, and that's why monarchs are so important for conservation, because people want to help them.
0: That conservation work includes things like planting milkweed. Monarch tagging events take place throughout September and help researchers track the number of butterflies that migrate to Mexico. This is Here First from IPR News. Support for IPR comes from the Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about The Healing Room at UpstreamFM.com. During the summer months, we've been hearing more about algae blooms in Midwestern lakes. Blue-green algae can produce toxins that make people sick and even kill pets. The only way to know if a bloom is toxic is to test, but not all states are routinely doing that. As Harvest Public Media's Eva Testfi reports, some private and volunteer efforts are helping fill that gap by doing their own testing. What's our next point?
1: North Shore? North Shore. Awesome. Student employees from the Lilly Center are headed out on Lake Wawasee in northern Indiana. Okay, water temperature is 25.7. They are testing for algal toxins and the conditions that produce them. The Lily Center has been testing lakes in Kosciuszko County weekly for the last 15 summers. It recently started sharing that information in a newsletter so lake residents and visitors can swim safely. And the residents of Lake Wawasee love their lake, including Cindy Peterson. She takes part in the local conservation group and even offers up her boat to the researchers.
0: We're going to lose this lake. It's going to become a dead lake if we don't maintain it. And that's what they're doing with all this testing is how can we make sure that doesn't
1: happen? But testing doesn't come cheap. The Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams is entirely funded by donors, the pharmaceutical Lilly family being one of them. Much of the funding comes from the well-off residents of Lake Wawasee. Massive homes and expensive boats scatter across the lakefront. Jed Harvey is in charge of the testing program.
0: Science is kind of tricky because you have to often you do have to follow the money, know where it's coming from, know to see even what gets done. But we're really blessed around here to be surrounded by a lot of people who really care about the lakes.
1: Thousands of dollars from these residents went towards designing a buoy that collects essential algae data in real time. Most lakes aren't as lucky. In the Midwest, funding is often limited for state algae testing programs. The Indiana Department of Environmental Management is only able to routinely test 18 lakes where people swim. This doesn't include Lake Wawasee. Kristen Arnold is the chief of the Water Assessment Planning Branch. We have a very specific goal of
0: protecting public health at those swimming beaches, and that's how we kind of keep this program on a smaller scale
1: Many other states in the Midwest only test after a bloom has been reported. In Missouri, Lynn Milberg with the Department of Natural Resources says there isn't enough funding to test regularly. Our uh, water quality monitoring group, they, they do not have any dedicated staff to do this. So whenever something comes up, you know, they have to Find somebody that's available, squeeze it in in between projects. The Lakes of Missouri Volunteer Program takes on some of the burden. It's got about 200 volunteers who test 65 lakes across Missouri. Tony Thorpe, the program manager, says that the group started testing for blue-green algae about seven years ago. And he says the problem isn't going away. If you listen
0: to the climate science, uh, it seems to indicate that this is only going to get worse. And, you know, water is a scarce resource.
1: The volunteer program, which is run by the University of Missouri and supported by various state agencies, can't do it all. The group only tests for algal toxins about eight times a year. Thorpe says he knows there are lakes that need more testing. The situation in Missouri and elsewhere is exactly why Anne Schekinger of the Environmental Working Group argues states and federal governments should be doing more. Any lake that's publicly accessible, that should really be the state or the federal government's job to do the testing, not the people who live on the lake. You know, it's a public resource. Back in Indiana, Harvey says that the Lily Center's local testing has been working really well for the lakes in Kosciuszko County. But the impact of climate change on blooms could make it difficult for local groups to keep up.
0: As blooms like this increase, it may be something where in many places the state will be needed to step up.
1: Because, Harvey says, there are a lot of lakes in Indiana. And the lily Center can't get to them all. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Eva Tasfai.
0: Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin contributed to this story. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including Iowa Public Radio, reporting on food systems, agriculture, and rural issues. This is here first from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening.